Hello, everyone. My name is Joshua Gilliland, attorney blogger on Bowtie Law and with Jessica Meterson on The Legal Geeks. Right now, we have a writ of mandamus podcast addressing Tahiti on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Judge Matthew Sherino from New York. Your Honor, how are you tonight? I'm good, Josh. How are you? Doing well, doing well. After uh, watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, you and I were chatting, and, and I felt it was necessary that we should talk about this. It, it was a very, very interesting episode. It was uh, certainly not your typical good guy against bad guy and, and, and good guy wins. It, it, it raised all kinds of great ethical issues. Uh, agreed, and there's been some very interesting blogs that have come out, uh, you, know, in, you know, in addition to the one I wrote about out the issues. IO9 did one where I think IO9 and, and I had very similar views on this. I think others have raised the issues as well of uh, they shot two dudes who were good guys or at least neutral and that seemed a little weird for them. To or, or at, at the very least they had no idea if they were good or bad and, and didn't care in the least. They, 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 they wanted something and, and took out uh, whoever was in their way to get uh, what it is that they wanted in a pure ends justify means type of episode. Yeah, and that was the shocking thing about it, where they went, because normally the good guys wear a white hat. Normally, Coulson has a moral center about him. And the entire episode, if you look at, we have Quinn arrested and pounding on him by Agent May to, you know, Agent uh, 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 Garrett, you know, threatening to rip out his tongue, uh, you know. While holding his tongue. Yeah, full-on torture, full-on torture. And it's like, okay, uh, we have some constitutional amendments. I mean, this is obvious to folks like us, but not everyone's a judge or or an attorney. What what would you advise, you know, someone who's, not you know who didn't go to law school you know the the legal issues just in that interrogation scene the, the, the you know the, there are there are issues as to where they were uh as to whether they were within the united states i mean he's clearly a, a, a i believe he's a u.s citizen quinn uh i mean he's a billionaire so he might be playing tax games and is a citizen of another country uh they might have been in uh in uh, quasi-jurisdictional airspace or or outside of the boundaries of the United States. So th- th- there is a possibility um, that S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, has particular uh, leeway with regards to same, but none of that seemed to have come up. So uh, it, it, it was, in my mind, purely a, a retribution uh, beating and followed by a, a pretty torturous interrogation. Uh, and, and in all honesty, they really weren't trying to get that much information from him. And there was there was nothing of a uh, emergency uh, basis that that they needed the information quickly to save you know millions of people. Uh, none of that seemed to have been going on. So it it it, it was very unjustified. Other than he deserved it. Yeah, this was. There was no nuclear bomb about to go off in New York City or Atlanta. There, there was none of that. This was just, I'm going to go beat up the person who shot my friend. 
and and Agent Garrett just like parachutes in and also wants in on the action, which just seems really vindictive and a little troubling that somebody could be high ranking with that kind of short fuse willing to throw somebody out of an airplane if a contractor, because Sky isn't even a full agent at this point. Uh, It it was pretty disturbing, you know, just right right out of the gate. Uh, Now, did you see, you know, Grant, I like to focus on this, but uh, who actually had decision-making authority for Sky's treatment? Did, Did that jump out to you at all? Uh, it, it, what they were doing was trying to save her life. Um, you know, who, who knows what kind of agreement when the, they enter S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, with regards to, to life-saving devices, etc., that they enter into. So I'll cut them some slack on with regards to um, them doing everything they could to try to save her um, and, and, and not knowing what her wishes were. Uh, I, I think they can be given some slack on that one. Yeah, it's easier to choose life as opposed to well, we'll let we'll let her die. You know, that's generally not the first option for anyone under any situation. But you know, two of the issues that I saw right out of the gate when they were trying to find the super drug GH three two five, and whether they were you know and where to go to find it centered on the necessity defense because they were willing to take it by force and then issues of self-defense. And for those who aren't familiar with the legal nuances, uh, could, could you describe the necessity defense uh, for our listeners? But necessity is, is basically in order to, to save your life or to save someone else's life. Uh, if you have to do something that might in and of itself be, uh, legal, but it's something that is reasonable and justified. Uh, it can be a defense to uh, the illegality of the act that you that you do. Uh, so in in this case, they were uh, breaking and entering into a facility, uh, arguably a a military facility. Uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to uh, make out a necessity defense uh, in killing two people breaking in to possibly find a drug uh, of an experimental nature to save a contractor's uh, life. So that they would be hard-pressed on a necessity uh, defense with regards to this. This wasn't about, uh, you know, saving countless, countless lives um, or, or, or anything along those lines. And, and, and as we've discussed with, with other science fiction type shows, I, I really think that, you know, one of the great things about this science fiction program and other science fiction programs is, is, is the ability to explore ethical issues uh, in, in such a way that um, a true-to-life drama could not necessarily do. I mean, it, the, 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 the show 24, uh, I think, uh, did some episodes with regards to torture, um, but those were always in the 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 you know, we need the answer now in order to save this city. Uh, and that's, a, that's, that's this, this, this episode was a little bit different than that, clearly. Yeah, and even, you know, when we were debating that, you know, the Senate was de- debating that, you know, you had senators on both sides of the aisle going like, you know, we might need to break an arm to figure out where a nuclear bomb is. You know, like people, you know, 
we don't feel good about torture. You know, there have been, you know, it's, it's come up in presidential debates for a reason, and, and we rightly should debate it because we're supposed to be the guys wearing the white hats, but that doesn't mean we let a city get nuked in the process. This didn't have that. This was saving the hacker who's a teammate who, who they view as family. And so the decision-making process is being more like a father figure and siblings uh, as opposed to we're trying to save a city from nuclear destruction. So just, just very different on that level. And I, you know, it, it resonated with me because I do think the necessity of defense to, to break in would make sense. Whereas my bow tie wearing criminal law prof- uh, pr- uh, professor discussed in law school all those years ago, uh, there was a case in, I think it was Alaska, where some guy got his trucks um, um, you know, uh, trapped in mud or something, uh, snow, and he went out and stole another truck to tow out his truck. And there was no def- necessity of defense there because you couldn't go out and steal a truck just, you know, to pull out your truck. In this right. case... It's not saving your, your, your life because you're going to necessarily freeze to death. It's because you want to, to continue along the way. Uh-huh. You know, this saving sky would meet, you know, definitely the element of, you know, preserving life. But that generally does not include taking life as a crime. Taking uh, two. Yeah, two. Two. And, and, and they have non-lethal weapons. And if they de- were using non-lethal weapons, they then left them to die for the bomb to go off. So it's anyway you cut it that that's very very messy, and and, and possibly leaving a third life of that blue creature uh, that that was uh, underneath all of that rubble, who, who very much when I when I saw him I I, I kept thinking of uh, of uh, the Watchman. <laughs> yeah, and so first off, I think the creature or the life form was dead. And it, whatever was left, they were just milking whatever essence out of it. That there was obviously still some cellular life of some kind, so they could they could get material from it. But I think very dead since there was very little left. Uh, See, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that that the creature was was dead. I mean, I think I think it might have been brain. I think it might have been kept in almost a suspended. Uh, I mean, clearly was in bad shape. Didn't have the lower half of their of of his or her's body, uh, and 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 was was missing a, a, at least one arm. Don't know how many arms the creature had to begin with. Um, so was in, if not dead, was was artificially being kept just at that last point so that they can milk whatever fluids um, that they 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 could. But even that. You know, where did he come from? Did they find him like that? Did they make him like that? Uh, raised all kinds of really interesting issues that, and and those I think might come out in, in later episodes, including you know Tahiti and and and, and other things. Yeah, there there was one blog post, you know, trying to figure out who was the blue guy that that I saw, and in the Marvel universe, there's a bunch of blue races. Could be Atlantean, could be Cree. If they went with Atlantean, I think that'd be a lot cooler because one, you know, we could get the Submariner, which is the oldest character in Marvel Comics and my personal favorite uh, next to Captain America. Um, It would make sense because that base had been built in World War II. And so there could be a connection there that it had been down there for a long time. 
And he was in a water uh, or a liquid environment uh, within that tube. Yeah, to, you know, which again, probably just wasn't phenyl formaldehyde or rum or anything like that to preserve the body, uh, not, not like Lord Nelson. But if it's an Atlantean and you're able to milk life-saving essence from an Atlantean for treatment on humans, that would make race relations with Atlantis pretty ugly uh, if they're being used as a, you know, medical treatment, uh, you know, abilities, you know, for being caught and, and experimented on, and that would be a prelude to war. So, I mean, like, that's fascinating. But when we look at the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents when they break into the facility, there are issues with self-defense. And, you know, I would say it doesn't apply here because they're the aggressors. But for those who don't understand self-defense, could you explain how that would work? Self-defense self is, is literally someone, and different states have different rules. Uh, you know, there's the stand your own ground states that have been in the news of late. Uh, New York is a state where in order to use uh, deadly force, you would have to be faced with deadly force. Otherwise, you do have a duty to retreat if you can. So New York has a much different level of self-defense as some states. Uh, most states have a rule within your house um, that you're allowed to protect uh, you know, your castle. Uh, but self-defense is simply, you know, it basically you, have, you can take reasonable measures uh, to protect yourself. So if you can subdue the person, that's really what you should do. Uh, if you can leave a, a, a safely, then really that's what you should do. Uh, you shouldn't kill someone to protect property uh, is, is, is one of the, the general rules of, of self-defense. But again, states vary as to what level that you are allowed, uh, and some states uh, give you a lot more leeway with regards to the, uh, the use of deadly force to protect even property. And so when we look at the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents blasting their way into the bunker, there isn't really a place for the agents to retreat, even though the defenders did seal themselves off. You know, we have Fitz who hacks that code to, to get through the doors, and then they go in shooting. Now, it did look like the defenders shot first. And but they did give a... A, a warning saying if you know basically if you if you don't shoot at us we won't shoot at you uh, type of uh, type type of warning but they were still entering these people's house yeah. uh, you know they they weren't to steal something they they weren't coming in uh, to to have play cards no it's like here were two dudes doing their job which probably wasn't exactly that fun stuck out in the middle of nowhere in a dark bunker. Eating probably, probably ordered to protect uh, that base at all costs by, you know, and it's still an open question, you know, are they mil U.S. military? Are they other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents? Uh, or, or is there yet another organization uh, out there that uh, will come into play? Yeah, you know, if it was HYDRA or AIM or any other, you know, acronym in the, in the Marvel Universe that, that could have been at play, it's it's kind of disturbing, especially if they were Shield or a branch of Shield, 
to do a you know, home invasion attack on your fellow teammates, opening fire with lethal force. And, and odds are they were part of S.H.I.E.L.D. because they did save his life previously in that exact facility. So S.H.I.E.L.D. either has an arrangement with them or they are an ally or they are, in fact, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, it's, it's just not good. And they were so cavalier about going in and killing them. Uh, you know, there, there seemed to be a little remorse, you know, with the guy who got wounded and then the exchange of do I know you with Coulson. And, and at least the dying defender warned about the bomb. But that just, it was very dark. And in my view, no legal justification for killing those uh, defenders. And no, for- they, they, they clearly could have uh, used less than deadly force. Yeah, and it sounded like Colson had called Fury. So... I, you know, and then he wasn't able to reach him later. So it's it's just it's just very bad that you know to save Sky, they were willing to you know kill two others to do so, and it, they could have at least made some security argument that they needed to know what Deathlock was, and so and, and she's vital for for her survival to know that. But on the other extreme, they already have Quinn, right. and and they're willing to beat the hell out of him on principle for shooting Sky, but not to torture him for information. I just very, uh, that was very strange, you know, very revenge-driven episode. I don't think Captain America would have been pleased. No, no, he would not. And probably not Iron Man or any of the others uh, as well. But let's, uh, you know, there, there was the other half of this that, that you know, a lot of people are going to focus on this uh, you know the you know the killing of the agents, but the other half of this was there's some e-discovery aspects in computer forensics. What jumped out to you about computer forensics? Uh, it, it was a beautiful uh, search of the, uh, the the database that they, I guess, stole uh, to some extent from the main headquarters, and, and and it really was neat to watch them graphically look for. Uh, this particular file and 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 the same thing jumped out at both of us that you know a a, a nice keyword quick search would have been much more uh, efficient at finding the information than literally going back and forth with your hands sliding these visual folders and looking into them but it, it really was eye candy and, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> yeah it would have been totally cool it's a lot more exciting than debating about predictive coding and what kind of predictive coding and latent, latent semantic indexing. Uh, but they could have, they knew the date ranges. They knew some of the core concepts that they wanted. Any of today's predictive coding tools would have found that I think a lot easier. Yeah, you, you uh, would think they would have some version of Siri where they could say uh, this to this, to this, to this. And she would tell you, here's the file. Exactly. I mean, it looked cool, but for all the kids out there wanting to get into the world of computer forensics and e-discovery, it ain't that sexy cool. Uh, It's neat. We got some cool toys and visual analytics rock. Uh, It would have been interesting if they had actually set it up like visual analytics 
uh, and there are a bunch of products out there that map the communication patterns. So they could have like followed the communication patterns that would have looked really neat. Uh, but I'm not going to task the writers with knowing how e-discovery applications work. <laughs> That's just not fair. And, uh, <laughs> none of them were at legal tech. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, it it was a fascinating, fascinating story, and I do think it was uh, different than all the other ones. And I do think the show only gets better with each one. And, and I, I love the ending teaser because uh, I, I'm a Thor guy as far as the Marvel universe, and, and and I was always into Norse mythology, and and I love that we we have a a really good Norse mythos character. Uh, being introduced into uh, the next episode because uh, Lorelai is going to add a lot of uh, fun, I would think, because you know she she's almost a female version of Loki, uh, and and in, in some of the comic books is his girlfriend, and some of the comic books she's always trying to get Thor, um, but but she's definitely a good character. Well, that and, and her older sister is the enchantress, right. so. So that's fun. I don't know if that means we'll get to see the executioner eventually. Uh, but you know, the m- Jamie- the more of the Norse universe that come in, the, the happier I am. Well, that and Jamie Alexander is just awesome. And I, I love her as Lady Sith. And Lady Sith has always been cool in the comics and strong. And it's nice to see that they, they've really nailed a female hero very, very well. And the fact that she gets this spinoff is great. So, you know, keep that up. But, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, it didn't get a ton of press, but it, it did get some, was right before Thanksgiving, you know, Jamie Alexander went to one of the children's hospital in the Los Angeles area in costume and was cheering up sick kids, fighting cancer, fighting for their lives. And she hung out with kids and made their day. So, you know, pin a medal on her. You know, just just keep it up. She just just awesome. So, but we can we can talk about next week and see what happens with Laurel I and if there's an issue with marriage abandonment, and uh, <laughs> uh, or, or, or uh, of uh, in, what a, in, intentional breach of the marital contract. Yes, we can have all kinds of good thoughts about. Well, that and uh, you know the fact Laurel I, you know, kind of like in the intentional interference with it. So does the. Uh, wife now have like a loss of consortium claim against Lorelai. We we could go in a bunch of different directions uh, with that. So good stuff. Well, well, Your Honor, I uh, really appreciate you uh, helping with this emergency writ of mandamus to talk about uh-huh. uh, uh, Agents of Shield, and uh, look forward to seeing you very soon. Likewise. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>